Good morning, Missio. The reading for today comes from Acts 2, verses 14 through 21 and 42 through 47. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Hey, Missio, welcome. Uh, if you're new or you don't know me, I'm Johnny Morrison. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is so good to have you watching. Yep. We're going to begin a new series today, but before we do, I want to start with three questions. And there are three questions that we will work through during the sermon, and then we'll return to at the very end. But I want to start the whole time with these three questions. And I don't know that we'll ask them every week or like that they will be thematically consistent over the whole series, but I do think that in terms of what they're getting at and what they're helping us understand, we will be returning to these kinds of questions throughout the whole series. And the reason is that these questions, I think, help us reorient how we see ourselves, how we see God, and how we see what God is doing in the world around us. In the series that we're about to walk into, in the season that we've been in as a community, well, that's kind of been the point, is that we would re-see who we are, reorient ourselves in the world around what God is doing, and what does it look like for us to join him in the thing that he's doing. So here are the three questions. Question number one, where is God moving around you? Where is God moving around you? Where is God at work, in the neighborhood, the workplaces, the families, the like unraveling conversations, the difficult moments, the celebratory moments? Where is God at work around you? Number two, who are you with? 
Who are you with? Who are the people that God has placed you with? What is your church community, your family community, your friend group community? Who are the people you're with at your workplace or in your neighborhood? I guess nobody's really at their workplace anymore, but in your home slash workplace, who are you with? And finally, how can you join in the thing that God is doing? What does it look like to be a participant, to be an agent of reconciliation? What does it look like to see that God is doing something, to be a part of a community, and then to participate in that thing God is doing around you? Now, those three questions are important for the conversation that we're having over the next couple of weeks because we are beginning a new series today called The Missio Day. Now, Missio Day is obviously our name. The series, the whole purpose of the series is not just so you'll remember our name, though it is hard to spell. I think it took me like two years of being a pastor here before I could spell my own email correctly. But the Missio Day, it means the mission of God. And so beyond like us as a little tiny community, like we believe that God is at work doing something around us, that he is on a mission, that he has been on a mission from Genesis all the way to this moment and continues to be on mission beyond us and in front of us. And so what is that thing God is doing? What is it that he's up to? What is it that's fermenting around us? What is the mission of God? And what does it look like to be a people on mission with God? And the reason that we want to talk about this is, one, like we as a community have just come out of like a long period of transition. And so kind of orienting ourselves is the church and what it means to be us and have our own unique identity in Salt Lake City. Like this is part of the reason we want to talk about it. But in a bigger sense, we want to ask the question, what is the Missio Day and what does it look like to be the church in the city? Because like, the moment that we find ourselves in requires that we ask that question. Like, we look at our political moment that feels so divisive and divided and the election is upcoming. What does it look like to be the church? And as we see cries for justice in our street or in our homes or in our families or on the news, then another question, what does it look like to be the church as we hear needs of injustice? As a pandemic is literally happening around us, what does it look like to be the church? What is the mission of God in that moment? Has God given up? Is God at work? Is God doing something beyond us? Is God doing something in the midst of us? What does it look like to be the church here and now? And to guide us through this next couple of weeks, we will be rooted in the book of Acts. And we won't work through the whole book of Acts. I don't know if you read it. It's kind of long. I'm not going to go <laughs> too long. didn't read. We're going to walk through just different sections of it, big pieces that are like instrumental to understanding what it is that God is doing and who God is in the life of the church. But if you have read the book of Acts, then you know this, that it is a very similar moment to the one that we're in. It's 2,000 years removed. It is a different culture, a different political turmoil. But when the church comes into being, the moment is politically rife. Rome, the empire, has conquered most of the known world. And Israel, where the church is born, is a little subjected state trying to figure out what do we do in light of this like larger, stronger power. And some people want to revolt and some people want to give in and some people just want to live their lives. And the followers of Jesus account for all kinds of political orientations, people who hate the state, people who love the state, and people who just want to live in the middle of it and not be bothered by it at all. 
And the church has to ask itself, what do we do in that moment? What do we do as loyalists and terrorists are united together around Jesus' table and are trying to figure out how to unfold the gospel in the midst of them? How do they do church in that kind of political moment? And in the middle of Acts, all of a sudden the gospel explodes and racial divides are coming undone as Jews have to welcome Gentiles into the mix. And so much of the themes that are rolling throughout Acts are about race and justice. And what does it mean for the church to be a people of reconciliation? What does it look like for one culture to change because it's becoming merged with other ones? Like that's the central theme of the book of Acts. What does it look like when people I didn't love are all of a sudden called family. And as those kinds of relationships are beginning to unfold, then the divides that we understood about power, wealth, men and women are also being unfolded in the book of Acts. As the gospel moves and spreads, those things that divided us or built hierarchies in our society of Rome are beginning to unravel. Rome saw most people as possessions, and the gospel says no. And so what does the church do in a world where this is what the world believes, and yet here's what Jesus believes, and we come from all parts of it and are trying to figure out how to unravel that in this space? It creates a a liminal space a space of unknowing, where things are so new, so different, that no one really knows what to do. That's what we find in the book of Acts. And in a similar kind of way, we find ourselves in a liminal space. I've never lived through a pandemic before. And so I don't know what to do. I don't know what it means to join God on this side of 2020. I don't know what it means to be the people of God on this side of 2020. And what I often want is like means of control, means and mechanisms that I can like apply to what God is doing and be like, oh, this is the way it works for me to be the church. And this is what it looks like for me to be a follower of Jesus. If I say these things or if I go to these places or if I can just like serve these kinds of people, I can control and understand and apply. But we don't see that in the book of Acts. We see this like huge news that explodes into the world and a people who are trying to keep up with what God is doing. And so instead of having programs or means of control, for the most part, they have practices that help them pay attention to what God is doing. They have practices, they have a way of being together, but all of it is unfolding in the midst of this new and strange moment they live in. And I think in a similar way, like we have to develop practices and ask new questions about like, what does it look like not to control what God is doing around us, but to join the thing that he's unfolding in our midst. So where is God moving, Missio? Where is God moving in your own life and where is God moving in Acts chapter 2? This is what Peter actually tries to explain to all of those people who are witnessing what's happening in the midst of the church. This is Acts 2, verse 17. Josh just read the whole passage. We'll just go to 17 to 18. It says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So if you remember this story, the Holy Spirit has just come on like 120 people who were gathered in the upper room, and they leave the room. And again, it's this moment where something so surprising has happened. No one knows what to do with the thing that is happening. And so they run into the street. They're speaking in languages they don't understand. And Peter's like, oh, I should maybe explain this before we go to jail. And so he gets up and he gives a sermon. And he quotes Joel. And we actually spent the beginning of this year in the book of Joel, walking through this passage. And Peter stands up and says, that moment, that hope of the Old Testament, that God would move in the midst of his people It is true now. The mission of God is unfolding right in the middle of you. And what is it? It's the restoration of God's presence to his people. And that's happening in his people. So we believe that God is at work renewing all things around him, all things in creation, all things in human relationships. And the way that God does that is through the restoration of his presence in his people. But the best news about it is that God moves first, which has always been true. From Genesis to this moment, God is moving first. He's initiating and we are responding. And we'll see this all throughout the book of Acts, all throughout the life of the church. There's this quote by a theologian named Willie Jennings that I really like. It says this about the book of Acts. There is only one central character in the story of Acts, and it's God, the Holy Spirit. God moves and we respond. We move and God responds, but nevertheless, this is God's drama, God's complete exposure. What Peter's explaining in Acts is that God has moved in and around his people. And the church is not just trying to respond to what it is that God is doing. And as this is true in Acts chapter 2, it is true of your life. God is moving in the midst of you. It may not look like what we see in Acts chapter 2 with this weird, strange experience, but we still believe and God still promises that he is at work and moving in the midst of you. So the question for you in your own life and for us at Missio is where is God moving in the midst of your life so that you, like Peter and like the early church, can respond to what it is that God is doing? Where is God moving? Who are you with is the next question. In the book of Acts, in this moment, the community begins with just 120 people up in a room praying together. And the Spirit moves and is poured out on both men and women and children and servants and a whole diverse array of people. And that is like so radically beautiful that the Spirit is poured out on all of these people. But at the same time, It is the big challenge of the book of Acts. What does it look like to be with people, to be bound together to people who are unlike you? The end of the passage that Josh read 
is the end of Acts 2 in verse 42 through 48. And the passage says that they had all things in common. And they begin to share and they begin to do these practices together. But if you were in the midst of them and you were with that community who had gathered and had all things in common, you would have to be like, no, they have nothing. Like, there's no way, looking at the early church, you think they have something in common. There's the rich and there's the poor. There's men and women. There's children and adults. There is Jew and there is Gentile. And they have been bound together by this thing that the Spirit is doing. So they have all things in common. But you're like, that doesn't make any sense unless God is doing something. The Spirit is at work in the book of Acts, binding the church together. And it places us with the most unexpected of people. The most unexpected and unfamiliar and strange people that you would never think would be in your life and do community with you, do church with you. That's actually what it means to do church, to be bound together with people who do not belong with you. I remember when, uh, so the church that I was at before Missio, which merged with Missio five years ago on August 30th, so we just had our five-year anniversary. I used to think that all the time, because the group that was there was just so strange. And I was always like, I would never have chosen any of these people to be my friends. And yet that's who planted the church. And over time, like, it's like these people that I, if you had like put them in a lineup and I could have chosen friends, I would not have chosen them. I'm so sorry. I would not have chosen you though, are now the people that I would consider family. The people that like, I literally can't imagine doing life without are the people that I never would have chosen on my own. And that is exactly what the Spirit is up to. God moves and the church responds, and then God binds together people who do not belong together into a family. And the difficult question that we have to ask ourselves is, what do we do when all of a sudden these people are with us that we would not have chosen? This is one of the central questions of the book of Acts. That same theologian I read earlier says this, Acts renders the Gentiles, who are just non-Jews, as a profound question to the Jews. What will you do if I join you at the body of Jesus and fall in love with your God and with you? This is the most terrifying aspect of the interruption of the Spirit. Love. It's true. Like, what happens when God binds things together and brings into the midst of them a community of love. It is so terrifying and so challenging and so disrupting that all of a sudden you might look at Acts 2 verse 42 and be like, oh, that's the way I want to respond. I want to give my things away to these people because I love them. I want to do life with people who are unlike me because I love them. And so, Missio, the same way that the book of Acts is wrestling with who are you with, we have the same question. Who are you with? Who is the Spirit binding you together with? How is the Spirit interrupting and bringing love into the midst of a community that doesn't make any sense in the midst of you? Who are you with? And finally, how can you join what God is doing? As the Spirit moves and people are bound together, the church. It's maybe a simpler definition of church, but 
that's kind of what we get in the picture of Acts. Spirit moves, spirit binds people together, church. Spirit moves, creates a community of love that doesn't make any sense, that is trying to navigate how to do life together, church. And it is out of that equation that we get this passage at the end of Acts chapter 2 in verse 42, where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued together, meeting in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church is a community of people who are trying to figure out what to do with the reality of God in the midst of them. That the Spirit has done something. The Spirit has poured out on his people. He has brought this new thing into being. He has bound us together. And the church is like, um, okay. <laughs> We're going to try to figure out what to do with this new reality. How do we live into this? How do we express it? How do we respond to the thing that God is doing in the midst of us? In the book of Acts, you see this picture. It doesn't always look this clean, though. Just a two chapters later, people are not doing this anymore. So it's not clean. It's not always easy. But it comes out of this question of how do we join with what God is doing in the midst of us? And I think that question is challenging for so many of us because what we want is we want our Christianity to be programmed. We want to know it like a school schedule. And I, I love school. So I would love a syllabus that would walk me through what Christianity was like. Here's the class that you go to. Here's the book that you read. Here's the 10-page paper that you write. And you submit that. You have an A, and then you go to heaven. It would be very easy for me. But instead of it being programmed, instead of it being this like formula, the way that the church plays out in the book of Acts is the spirit is moving and the community is trying to discern what it is that God is doing in the midst of them and around them. And though that is challenging to those of us who want programs, it is also this broad and beautiful picture of what is possible for the people of Jesus. Because if you look at this moment in Acts, there is no program to this. It just says that they are breaking bread in their homes. They're selling their possessions. They're not being told to. They're just doing it. They're meeting together in the temple. And all of a sudden, this thing that God is doing is unfolding as they just join God in these spaces. And so, Missio, in the same way that this church is trying to un fold what God is doing in their neighborhoods and their workplaces and in the temples and the life that God has given them, that same question is on the table for us. What is God doing around you? Who are you with? And how do you join that movement where you are? What does it look like to break bread in your home? What does it look like to join God at your work? What does it look like to join God in your neighborhood and begin to unfold the reality of God in those places? not always easy. It's not always clean. But the promise of Acts chapter 2 is that you do not go alone, but that God's Spirit is in you and God's people are with you. So you're invited to join. 
So, Mr., those are the questions, and that's the framework that we'll be wrestling through for the next seven, eight, however many weeks. We believe fundamentally that God is on mission around us, already moving, already ahead of us. The question for us is simply how do we respond to what God is already doing around us? We're going to wrestle with who are we with? What does it look like to be the people of Jesus bound together in this way? And how can we join the thing that God is doing in the midst of us? The easiest place for us to practice this, the first place that we practice this, is at the table. This is the first place that we practice it, where we believe that in the bread and the cup, God has moved towards us, that he has laid a table, invited his people to find a space at the table, that he has made a way for us. And so the question at the table is, oh, how do we respond? Do we take the bread and the cup and participate in the life of Christ? And at the table, we practice what it looks like to be a people who invite others to the table. To, out of the response of our own heart to God, respond and make the same invitation to those around us. So, Missy, wherever you are, if you're in your home or you're watching on your phone or you're watching with friends around you and like your, your, your housemates, would you find some element? Would you gather to take communion? God's movement towards you, his initiation. Would you respond by receiving his initiation and becoming a people who join God's work in the world around you? Let's take communion and pray. God, we believe that you're on a mission to rescue and redeem this world, to renew all things. We believe that the story ends with you on the throne saying, behold, I have made all things new. We live in the middle of that space, knowing that you're moving, tasting and seeing that you have moved, and yet waiting for this thing to come. And so God, in this middle space, as strange and as weird and as unexpected as it is, we know that you have empowered us, filled us with your presence, bound us together as a people, and invited us to join you in making all things new. Would we not feel that as like this massive weight that, that crushes us, but we would see it as the gift that you are inviting us into, to participate with you, to join you at work, not to manufacture or make something, but to participate in what you are doing. So God, help us see it, help us reorient our own lives, help us ask new questions of the world around us so that we might join you here and now. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's see, let's keep worshiping.